Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. You have to start. Oh, 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 um, 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 boom, boom, bow. Oh, that's pretty. It's like Toe Jam and Earl. Yes, yeah. some like Sega rap. Yep, the like uh, where you had to panic on Funkatron. There was the alien that you paid to, and he'd go like you had to make different noises. So it's like I vaguely A, B, this. and C, and then you had to mimic what it was like boom, pop, boom, pop, boom, boom, pop, and then you'd have to do that boom, pop, boom, boom, pop. I like this. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's interesting. It's this better is not than a video game podcast. Yeah, but it is better than my first movie. That's for sure. Uh oh. Yeah. That's bad, huh? It's not great. Rut row. My first movie is also a rough start. Ooh. Yeah. Well, how rough do you want to start? How rough is your start? How rough is the start? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. So we'll ease into the rough. It sounds like you're having a rougher time over there than I was. Ooh, yeah. Nine or sorry, nineteen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Twenty sixteen. <2016. laughs> Yeah. Birth of the Dragon. Birth? Birth of the Dragon. Whoa, we got born? Burned. Born again. Watch this on 4 9 because time is meaningless to how I wrote these down. That's fair. IMDb minutes, 1 hour 43. Different if you go somewhere else, though. Depends on what part of the IMDb time zone you're in. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's for real. Huh. It's not at all. Uh, it is an action film directed by George Nolfi. Sorry, hey, George. Nolfi. Starring Philip Ning. Zia Yu and Billy Magnuson. Hey, there he is. <laughs> Your summary for this one. Young Bruce Lee is trying to make a name for himself while working as a martial arts instructor in 1964 San Francisco. Okay. When Lee meets Wong Jack Ban, he challenges the Kung Fu master to a no-holds-barred fight that became or becomes the stuff of legend. Wow, legend. 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 This is based on a real fight that occurred between these two gentlemen. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty interesting. Bruce Lee was not looked on too favorably for bringing Kung Fu to the West. Okay. And Bruce Lee was arrogant, things like that. And it, there's a whole thing. If you like Bruce Lee, this is not the movie for you. Um, unfortunately, this movie could have been really interesting, but they chose the Billy Magnuson character as kind of the central character. So he's a student of Bruce Lee's. Ah, the knife puppies. Ah, the knife puppies. I know. Sorry, Tim. It's all good. Sorry, Sam. Or Max, whoever's cutting this. I did knife puppies. She's got all the knives. <laughs> Barking at every door possible. All two of them that she can see out of. That's right. Are you good over there? She'll let you know. Okay. So this movie had a lot of potential, but following this particular Billy Magnuson-based character, he's a student of Bruce Lee's who's kind of like, I like what I'm being taught, but then he hears about the the man, the man, the man, Wong Jack man, who's coming to the east or the west coast in san francisco to try to kind of so supposedly scoop scope out bruce lee and see what his get the scoop find out what his students are doing but in reality he actually committed some kind of uh like arrogance because he's like a monk okay and he was having a demonstration and he got a little arrogant and accidentally injured another monk 
You're not supposed to do that. No, he uh, like severely injured him. And so as to atone for his sins, he was sent to America to kind of expand his horizons and see what's going on and kind of maybe perhaps get some information back about what Bruce Lee's doing. But all that kind of falls to the side and there's this really cliche love story between the Mm. Magnuson character and a female love interest who's Mm. like a slave kind of like it's essentially like a working girl who's put into slavery by the yakuza and it's like this part of the movie takes up so much time and it's like you give zero fucks because it's sure. like you're coming to a movie that's titled clearly a reference to bruce lee right and the first person you see on the screen is bruce lee and we now we have to follow this character that we give zero fucks about and it's like two real characters and we're following a made-up character student character i'm not precisely sure why it's just like Billy Magdison. It's like pretty ill-conceived. Not that he does a particularly bad job or anything. I think all the actors do a good job and they all try to base their performances and their physicality on the characters that they're portraying. But it's just like, ugh, like why did you fill so much of the movie in with this? Like it just felt like it should have been a short thin script or yeah super thin here where it's just like you're either too focused on one part and maybe we should have focused on what came after that with lee and how he ruminated on things this is like right before he gets green hornet right and it's just like damn like i just wish there was a little bit more meat on the bone here i, I would think people a lot of people don't know that story i don't really know that story i would love to know the the exactly. early bruce lee story. yeah it's cool it's a cool interesting concept and like this guy can't be that disinteresting that we can't make some sort of story here exactly totally agree and Lame. it was just like the focal point was shifted because we wanted to fit this almost this background story in or like it kind of weird because it shifts focus so much on what's the a plot and what's the b plot i don't just, like that yeah it, it wasn't quite sure what it wanted to be mm-hmm. unfortunately mm-hmm. so not that good but there are little pieces that are like i didn't hate watching it but it definitely did more wrong than it did right okay for sure imdb 5.6 out of 10. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 53 critics, 23%. Yeah, there it yeah. is. Yep. Audience, 5,000 plus, 67%. Hmm. So not even that big of a redemption there, but still more positive than what I gave it, which was a 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, it didn't sound like it was going to be too great. No, there were parts of it that were really cool and interesting, and I really liked the physicality, and you, know, you could tell that these actors really put a lot of work into figuring out what the characters should be like and how they should carry themselves and how they should fight. Hmm. But just so much of that is lost to this really cliche like romance movie that's like, oh, we'll bring them together because of this character trying to free this woman. And they're like, you know what? We're going to do it. Work together. Yeah. 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 Working together. That's for the birds. Nobody does that. Literally no one's ever done that. Never. It's never worked out ever. No. Mm -mm. No. Hate it. It's lame. Yep. Well, speaking of lame, I got a movie. Oh, boy. It's from 1999. Okay. It's called The Killer Eye. The Killer Eye. The Killer Eye. Like I... I, I so I did, <laughs> and now I can't read. Okay, <laughs> April fifth, twenty twenty three. It is an hour twelve. It's gonna feel longer. Uh-oh. Comedy, horror, sci fi. You can tell when I go into the, the radio voice, we're yeah. in trouble. Directed by David Decoteau, starring Jacqueline Lavelle, Jonathan Normal, Norman. Man, and this is good handwriting. Net, yeah, and I shouldn't have done the Undertaker thing. <laughs> Nanette Bianchi. 
IMDb Movie Summary, a mad scientist experiment goes awry, turning a dead homeless man's eyeball into a giant killing machine that has an insatiable appetite for young women. As does my oh, Um, this is a huge piece of shit, and here's the real thing. Here's the real thing, people. The real. If this, this, I, I see this, and I don't remember if I saw this or I was just like, ah, dumb eyeball killer movie. This sounds like it's gonna just murder a bunch of people. There, there's like four people in this whole movie to be murdered. This is basically just softcore porn. Mm. This hasn't happened to us on here. I'm like, this is like the worst. The wife did watch this with me. Bless her heart. <laughs> God damn. It is awful. It isn't even good at that. And I was just like, please stop trying to fuck. Please. Please stop. Please yeah. just don't. Just please don't. Where's the eyeball? It's in the in the vent. The eyeball grows to be like the size of a person. Okay. It shoots really bad CGI like lightning out of its pupil. Okay. This is the biggest piece of trash, and it's largely because that is not what this movie is at all. And I don't like that. I don't know. I don't like it when you see that, like, oh, this could be an interesting movie, but it's not billed as, like, an adult film. Right. When it's like, even if it's softcore porn and there's just, like, erotic touching and nudity. Right. But if you're going to, if that's the focal point, you know what I mean? Like, that is, you're not using it. We'll get into this in a future episode because I also have a tricky subject matter. Mm -hmm. um, at a point, uh, tune into the special that's coming up. Um, but. There's a fine line. There's a fine line, and very few filmmakers are good enough to walk it. That's right. Killer Eye, not in focus. Not one of them. Not in focus. It was bad. It was bad. It had no redeem. There was a scene at the end. I'll tell you because it's awful. Spoiler, please. Um, they open a portal to a dimension where there's a million of these fucking things. Okay. So it's essentially what he did. He opened a portal in this homeless guy's eye who, of course, was a gay man. And, like, they're trying to be edgy. And, like, it's just so weird. It, like, 90s edgy, right? Awful. But, like... They open it and then <laughs> there's this really bad, it's not even CGI. I don't know what you would even call this. Okay. It's just a million of them standing on top of like a pyramid with like UFOs behind it and then just like scoops a dude up and it ends. And I'm just like, oh my God. Wow. Why the fuck is this a thing? Uh, this is the biggest piece of shit I've seen in a very long time. It's a top contender. If I ever see it on physical media, I will buy it so we can burn it. Oh, wow. IMDb. Gave this a 2.8. Okay, sounds generous. Rotten Tomato Critics doesn't have a score. There is a review. It's not good. The audience, a thousand plus. A lot of people got duped like me. Or it's just David Duchovny one time. Oh. Watching and rewatching. Right. And re yeah. He does. Yeah, that could be it. 24% uh, though. He still wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. I can't still. jerk off to this. Yeah, this is really just not easy. <laughs> All right, so it's got me score and a wife score. Who scored it lower and what are those numbers? The wife scored it lower because she was pissed off you made her watch it. Um, 1.5 for the wife, 2 for you. Sam, what do you think? 1 for you. 1.5 for the wife. Okay. I'm muting you, Sam. All right. The wife gave it a 1. Okay. I gave it a 0.5. Damn. This damn. might be my lowest score. I don't I think, think I've I given think it's it. It's falling below murder party. Yeah, I don't think I've given anything a 0, so. No, I, I did I give Killer Wave a zero? Maybe I give it a point one to insult it in the way we leave like change for a waiter, I think. Right, right, right. The yeah. penny. I got gotcha. you. Yep. Yeah, don't ever do this. So they know there was an intentional tip because you want yep. them to know that that's your tip. Not yeah. like I forgot or something. Right. I want you to know. This is what it is. Send a message, baby. Yeah, baby. 2013. Oh, hey. Evil Dead. <gasps> Evil Dead. The remake of Evil Dead. I like this one. Yeah, me too. Oh, good. Directed by Fede Alvarez. I watched this on 422, 2023. Oh. It's one hour and 31 minutes. It is a horror Sam film. Sam even do on 422. 
I don't think anything really. Oh. Watches Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. all right. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> it's a horror film directed by Fede Alvarez, as I mentioned already, with Jane Levy in there, mm-hmm. uh, Shiloh Fernandez, mm-hmm. and Jessica Lucas. Movie summary. <laughs> Five friends head to a remote cabin where the discovery of a book of the dead leads them to unwittingly summon up demons living in the nearby woods, which I don't think is exactly true. It's more of a demonic presence that possesses them. Yeah, close enough. But yeah, whatever. I'll take it. Whatever. They're probably like, man, get out of the thesaurus so we can write a different description than the original. That's right. <laughs> uh, my thought on this movie, I think that this is a very strong example of how you remake a film. Yes. I think that it's not trying to do anything too far different than the Evil Dead, but it is definitely approaching it from a whole different perspective, that being straight ahead, like, gore, mm-hmm. not the horror comedy that Sam Raimi... And again, that wasn't necessarily with the original Sam Raimi's intent to make a horror comedy. It just kind of ended up being a little bit slapsticky and Bruce's physicality right. and his sensibilities all kind of lent it to be more of a comedy horror film. I guess a horror comedy, and then the second one truly is a, like a straight comedy, comedy horror yeah. film. Yeah. I really think that encapsulates... I think Evil Dead 2, the original Evil Dead 2, not this new Rises, because I can't speak to that yet. I think Soon. Evil Dead 2 is like the perfect example of a horror comedy. I think it nails both in perfect dose, and one lends itself into the other to make... They, like, they work off of each other perfectly. I think it's a very good example of that. This eschews all of the comedy portions and goes for just straight-ahead scary, mm-hmm. gross, hard-to-watch, graphic... Um, it's a toughie. There's a lot of gags that make you want to turn your head away. A lot of like eye gags, finger gags, skin yeah. tearing, nails yeah. getting ripped off. I don't like those. Teeth gags. Like That's it's fine. tough, tough to deal with. A lot of like uncomfortable. One big thing that's come up lately that has really made me happy and I've argued about because you only saw it in a handful of movies up until recently is defensive wounds. Like you hold your hand up and the things are just stabbing you in the hands because you're trying to keep them away. Yeah. You never really saw that in movies. And now there's a lot of that. And I think it's really cool. I think we need to step it up though, because you need to get into like the webs between your fingers. We yeah, we could just be. get like a finger pushed down and broken while it's being stabbed. Like there we really is. need some hardcore, gross defensive wounds. I'm with out you on there. that. Yeah, it just makes it more violent and awful, and that's kind of what you're trying to show. But this movie does a really good job of just being absolutely drippy and gross. Yeah. Yeah. Very rough, but I, I think it's very successful at what it does. It keeps things simple. It keeps things mysterious with the Necronomicon, which I think is very important. Just keep it scary. You know I mean, like the less you know, the more scary it is. I remember really liking how this was lit, how it had a dark tone to it. It just always felt ominous. Yes. Like you felt like you were trapped there. Yeah, yourself. a lot of really good minimalistic lighting. And then as it gets into the scarier parts, you kind of get the grosser overlays and they yeah. really go for the LUTs kind of change over to where it's more reds and browns and just mm-hmm. like, yep. like a salt. Saul does. The original Saul did that really well with browns and greens, like this disgusting color palette of like, please God, no. Like, (laughs) it's nasty. Nasty. You can't look away. It's gross. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, very, very cool to watch. Made sense. Fun. Interesting. If you're into that. If you do not like gross out movies, skip this one because it is gross. It's gross. It is moist. Nasty. IMDb gives it a 6.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 206 of them give it 63%. The audience, 50,000 plus. Plus. 64%. So that's 63, 64, 65. Wow. I'm coming in just a touch better than everybody at 7.5. There it is. I like it. Yeah, that sounds right. It's I up think my that, alley. Yeah, for sure. Rubs me the right way, baby. Yeah. Gotta rub Max. Rub him the right way. The right way. I'm a genie in a bottle. 
That's right. Remember that tune? I remember you wearing that outfit. Oh, well, that's, that's a different, different, different thing. Oh, oh, right. On Max's OnlyFans. That's right. Get that OF going, baby. Yeah. Anyways, I got a movie to close this out. It's a sad. It's a sad. It's a bit of a sad because it's a true story. Oh, wait. That's always a sad. Bomb City. Oh, that doesn't sound encouraging. Bomb City. It's not about bombs or war, in a manner of speaking. So 2007's Bomb City. I watched it on April 7th, 2023. It is an hour 38. Crime drama. Crime. Directed by Jameson Brooks, starring Dave Davis, Glenn Morshower, Luke Shelton. Dave Davis. That's right. Hi, I'm Dave Davis. You are not. Hi, I'm Dave Davis. He is not. (laughs) Bomb City is a crime thriller about the cultural aversion of a group of punk rockers in a conservative Texas town. Their ongoing battle with a rival, more affluent clique leads to a controversial hate crime that questions the morality of American justice. Mm. It's based on the true life story of Brian Dennehy. Oh, I see. Are you familiar with this story? Yes. So it's sad. It's these punk rock kids. They're very into punk. The punk music they're into is very, very punk. It's very hard and heavy. It's a heavier kind of punk that isn't like your Green Days and your other stuff that you get nowadays. Not even close. You know, they got all the mohawks. They got the, the, you know, the piercings and the shit on their jackets and everything. The patches. They're way deep into the traditional punk rock scene. Yeah. And they're just kind of like they're DRI, the crow mags, like stuff like that. I want to, you know what I want to do? Listen to music makes me want to punch people in the face while I simultaneously get punched in the balls. Yes, that's the shit. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> For sure. Really, and they even mentioned a, um, they mentioned some obscure band, and I actually looked them up and, and listened to like their EP, their one, like, hmm. three songs that are out. I was like, this is great. That EP I understand. four minutes long, three it, songs. It was. <laughs> you are 100% correct. But this is about them, and they keep having altercations with, like, the high school jock kind of characters. And, you know, like, they can do no wrong. The cops are always like, yeah, it's fine. You drank a little. Just be careful going home. But, like, if the punk rock kids so much as, like, look at the pretty girl, they're going to get yelled at. They're going to get, you know, told to leave. They're always starting shit with them. They're always breaking their stuff. Um, And they're actually really just really good dudes. They live that lifestyle, though. They're punk rock. They live in, like, this warehouse that they're running. And, like, it. I mean, they end up making one mistake. They get on the police radar. They kind of get treated very poorly by the police. And then they get so incredibly fed up that it leads to an altercation where someone dies. The way this is done is really good, though, because you don't know who dies. Oh, interesting. The way it's told. You get, you keep going to the present, which is the uh, the jury and the courtroom where they're talking about the event that happens. Oh, neat. So every now and again, someone will be on the stand, you're like, oh, it's not them. Oh, it's not this person. Oh, and it's cool. between the punk rock kids and it's between the, the kids, uh, the, the jock preppy kids. So it's really well done. You're like, oh no, because you keep narrowing it down as you're going. You're like, oh no. You're like, it's probably this person, but like it couldn't be. It could be a mis- and Oh, it's not great. Right. I was a little sad that uh, the narrator for the beginning and end is Marilyn Manson. Ah. I guess he had something to do with the project. And I'm like, I like that he showed, he was shining a light on this, but like he kind of sucks as a person. And I'm right. just like, oh God, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's an interesting story. If you go beyond the movie and you follow up on what happens to the person who did the murdering, you're not going to like them too much. Right. Do your research if you really want to be angry. But this is a tough movie. It's a very good documentary though. Nice. IMDb gives it a 6.8. Rotten Tomato critics, 12 of them, give it 75%. Okay. The Rotten Tomato audience, 500 plus, give it 82%. My wife and I agreed this is a 7.5. Nice. Well done movie. It's a sad, difficult movie. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, 
For Mad Dog Tim, I'm Dave Davis. We'll see you next time.